Hey, this is Pastor Rob Miller from Reclamation Church. Just want to say thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We pray that this message is completely life-giving and life-changing and that you take the blessing of the Word of God with you everywhere you go this week and pour into somebody else around you. Be blessed as you listen to this week's message. Praise the Lord. Can we just give God some, some praise right now? Can we just... Lift our voices, lift our hands, clap our hands. Let him know that we love him today. Wow, it's raining outside. But praise God, it can rain in here too. Amen. So good to see you guys in the house of the Lord today. I am excited to be with you. Uh, We might be slim pickings today, but it don't matter because Jesus promised where two or three are gathered. There he will be in the midst And we got a little bit more than two or three, so praise God that God is here. His Holy Spirit is here. Who's ready to hear from God's voice today? Here's God's voice in the Word and to take home some fruitfulness. Amen. Take home some fruitfulness. We are continuing. Actually, today we're closing out our Rooted series today. This is the end. You made it. Congrats. Hey, I just want to say that I I truly love and appreciate Tim and Sarah. Can we show some appreciation for Tim and Sarah, our Connections and First Impressions team? Uh, They are phenomenal. Their whole team is the first face that you guys see when you guys come in, whether it's your first time or your hundredth time, whatever, you're going to see them on your way in. And they're just awesome. They're a huge addition to our team. And everything that they do, they add value. They are fruitful in all that they do, and and I think our Connections team, our First Impressions team, is like one of the most fruitful aspects that we have here at Reclamation Church. So as as a pastor, I'm just excited to have them on our team. And so we're closing out this series today with the harvest, being fruitful. And so I use Tim's video today because everything that that his team does, they're fruitful in it. They they add value uh, to the church, and the church can harvest their gifts and talents as they add value to the church, amen? So we're closing out this series with harvest, fruitfulness. And we, we close it out that we've been at this thing for four weeks now, learning to get planted and rooted, to get out of the pot, right? We got our orange tree over here. It's in the pot. We're learning to get out of the pot, get planted, grow some roots so that we can truly grow, truly thrive. Because this is an orange tree, but an orange tree is supposed to grow to about 20 feet tall. Does it look 20 feet tall? Right? That pot is going to limit its growth. The pot is going to stunt its growth. It's only going to grow so far. So if we really want to grow, if we really want to thrive and flourish in our relationship with God, we got to get out of the pot. we got to get planted. we got to get planted in the church, in the family, get planted in our relationship with Him to stop building our life on preferences and start building our life on presence, to be, get into the presence of God, to be present in every aspect of our life, to be in and with our family, to be, not to do. What, what's that, that poet? To be or not to be? That is the question, right? Shakespeare? Well, this is Rob. To be, not to do. Y'all with me today? Amen. It's all about being in the presence of God. Because, and and I'll, I'll dive into this in just a second. The doing is a result of being. What we do is a reflection of who we are. So let's not work on, let's not worry about our actions. Let's not worry about what we're doing. Let's worry about who we are. Let's worry about where we are planted in the presence of God. And we also learned that growth only comes from the Lord. Right? Paul even tells us, I planted, Apollos watered, God brought the increase. I can cultivate the relationship. That's my responsibility. That's your responsibility, to cultivate the relationship, to set up an environment where you can grow and thrive in the presence of God. God is the one who brings the increase. God is the one who brings the growth. And last week we talked about pruning. And what I love about last week is in John 15, verse 2, Jesus says, he cuts off every branch that does not bear fruit. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. So either way, 
whether we're bearing fruit or not, we got to go through a, series, a, a season of pruning. If we're bearing fruit, we got to go through a season of pruning. Because afterwards, Jesus says, and then he will, be, he will bear much fruit. In other words, he'll be abundant in his fruitfulness. But we have to go through that season of pruning. And, and somebody sent me a video this week, uh, Pastor Stephen Furtick from Elevation Church. I believe he was preaching on the same thing last week. And he was talking about, look, look at 15 verse 2. And it says he cuts off every branch that doesn't bear fruit. And he prunes every branch that does so it'll be more fruitful. Uh, but, but who is he? Who is he? And I love the way he said this. I love the way Stephen Furtick said this. He said, I am thankful for the context of verse 1. Because it's the context of verse 1 that sets it up in verse 2. Because if you go to verse 1, it says, I am the true vine. That being Jesus. Jesus is saying this. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch. He prunes. And so it's easy, we kind of hinted at this last week, it's easy to just get mad at God for everything or put all the blame on the devil. Look at all this that's just falling apart in my life. But it's the Father who prunes, showing his love, showing his care. We had our youth night on Friday night. We got a couple of youth over here, so y'all be quiet. Don't give away any kind of hints or anything. Right, Junior? Shh, let me preach. Right? We, we were talking about Nicodemus, Jesus and Nicodemus, uh, in John chapter 3 on Friday night. And, and you know, Nicodemus is like, well, how am I supposed to be saved? H how do I make it to heaven? And Jesus says, well, you must be born again. And so we kind of we stop right there. Remember, guys, we talked about this? It's like, why would Jesus say you got to be born again? And even Nicodemus was like, how am I supposed to be born again? Am I supposed to enter my mom's womb and be born again? Jesus is like, no, 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 it doesn't work that way. That's not what I'm talking about. But one thing, I was sitting on that, on that, on that chair right there. Adrian was up here uh, pouring into our youth, and, and I felt the Holy Spirit just speak to me. He said, that's it. That's it right there. You must be born again. Why? Why did Jesus say that? Because a baby has a father. For born again, Jesus is saying, Nicodemus, you're one, of those, you're one of those Pharisees. You're one of those religious leaders. And one thing that we've learned about in this entire series is it's not about religion. It's not about just showing up, praying, getting your word on Sunday, and that's it. That's religion. It goes deeper than that. Jesus is saying, this is relationship. You might be a religious leader. You might be practicing the law to the T. But God is so much more than law. He's Father. You must be born. He has to be your Father. And so that's what I love what we learned last week with the pruning. The Father prunes. And if we can just get this concept, get this mindset that he wants to be in relationship with us, it's more than just coming and checking a box. It's more than just coming to a building. Because if you just show up on, on Sundays and that is the extent of your relationship, that's not a relationship. That's religion. And he wants, he is so much more than that. He wants to be our father. So we talked about pruning and, and, and it's, it's more than religion. It's a relationship. And, and here's the thing. This is what Jesus is saying right there in John 15, 1 and 15, 2, is you need a relationship if you want to thrive. It's my father who prunes. You need a relationship with the father if you want to grow and thrive and to be fruitful. Not religion. You need a relationship to thrive. And, and a relationship is needed to thrive. And listen, a relationship is meant to thrive. Relationships are created to grow, to grow in love with each other, to go deeper with each other, to bear fruit with each other. That's why God told Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply, grow, be dedicated and committed to each other. Relationships are meant to thrive. Amen. Listen, your relationships need to thrive. Your marriage, your relationship between you and your kids. I can't say that enough. Your relationship with you and your kids needs to thrive, especially teenagers. Can I get an amen for the parents that have teenagers? I heard a huge amen over here. But teenagers, listen to me. Youth, listen to me. You need a relationship with your parents to thrive. It's not just a one-way thing. You need your parents to thrive. We hit this on Friday night, didn't we? 
I said, how would you feel? How would it be if, if your dad just decided to sit down with you? Your mom decided to sit down, sit down with you at the table and say, hey, we need to go over the word. Let's get in the word together. That would be amazing. We would love that. We thrive in relationship. And relationships are meant and needed to thrive. Amen? To see our kids thrive and flourish. To see our marriage thrive and flourish. To see our church family thrive and flourish to grow, amen? In other words, bearing fruit means I am reflecting the love of the Father. Youth, listen to me really quick. Parents have to prune. Can I say that? Parents, is that okay? Parents have to, the Father prunes. The Father makes a way and cultivates an environment for growth. Thrive in your relationships together. Listen, are, and, and parents, let me ask you this way. Are you reflecting the Father? In the way that you are parenting, in the way that you are living in your marriage, are you reflecting the Father? It's the Father who brings growth. It's the Father who prunes to bring fruit. Everything we do in our relationships should reflect the Father. Adding value and growth in our relationships. Amen. So today we're talking about fruit. We planted ourselves, we developed roots, and now we're growing. Say this with me. It's time to produce. Say it again. It's time to produce. If you're watching online, drop it in the comments. It's time to produce. We've gotten out of the pot. We've got it planted, right? We started to grow. God is working on, on pruning some things out of our life. It's time to produce fruit. Amen. And I brought my, my fruit basket. It's more like a fruit bowl. I brought my fruit basket, right? Everybody knows what kind of fruits these are? What's this? It's a pear. <laughs> What's this? It's a pear. Y'all, I don't know. God's crazy, right? They're both a pear. They, I don't know what, I, I don't, I'm not a pear guy. Do these, they're a pair of pears. <laughs> Dad. I'm not a pear guy. Do these even taste the same? Anybody know? Anyways, we got, we got sour apples and regular apples, right? Is this, I'm confused about this one. Anybody else confused about this one? Is it a vegetable? See, we, look, we got to work on division in the church, okay? But, okay, we'll let God make, Father, we need some discernment right now. This is just a reflection of our nation. No, I'm just kidding. We got, a, we got a great, anybody like grapefruit? You want? I don't like grapefruit. What, is this an orange? Look, let me preach. <laughs> it's another seven for another. Is this an orange? It's a funny looking orange. It's an orange. I got bananas, right? We got some cantaloupe. Some pineapple. I believe this is a kiwi. Anybody like kiwi? I'm not going to throw this one. <laughs> right? But, but this is what I want to show. Look at all of the different types of fruit. Right? And it's in one basket. It's in one bowl. And the key thing that I want to point out is all of these had to grow somewhere. They didn't just manifest on their own. They had to grow somewhere. And here's the thing. Somebody or some kind of machinery had to go and pick it. Somebody had to go and harvest it. But it wasn't until the fruit is ready until it's harvested. So I want to talk about the fruit today. I want to talk about producing fruit and being fruitful because it's time to produce. And the fruits are a result of a careful and, and tedious and dedicated time of planting and cultivating and, and, and creating that environment of pruning and harvesting. It's all of these different seasons you see behind the fruit. It takes all of that to produce fruit. And, and this is what I want to point out. Too many people are wanting the fruit season without going through the first four seasons. If you want to produce fruit, you have to start with the seed. 
And the seed, you have to cultivate it. You have to nourish it. You have to take care of the seed. Because there's so many things that are trying to steal the seed, Brett. All kinds of critters and animals and insects are trying to take the seed. The enemy is trying to kill, steal, and destroy the seed in your life and in your heart before it can even grow and produce fruit. We have to care for the seed. And we do that by cultivating and nourishing it and, and, and making that, creating that environment, sunlight, rain, fertilizer, not too much, right? And helping it to grow. And then eventually pruning the things that are in the way that prevent the growth. And, and just as this is the desired outcome of every plant, every plant has a goal and a vision of producing fruit. Even this orange tree that is stuck in a pot, has a purpose and a vision to produce. Even if it's in the pot, it's still going to try to produce. And that should be the goal of every believer, to produce. That should be the heart and the purpose you find behind every one of us to produce fruit, to be fruitful. So today we're talking about the harvest. It's what comes after planting, after cultivating, after pruning. And everything else is necessary to see the literal fruits of your labor. Remember, there's no fruit without life. And there's no life without roots. Again, it all goes back to the roots. We're calling this rooted for a reason. And look, fruit is evidence. If, if, that, if that orange was hanging on that tree, it would be evident that it is an orange tree. There's no denying it's an orange tree. But without any fruit on the tree, how many of y'all would know it's an orange tree? The fruit identifies who we are. The fruit shows everybody the identity of what the plant is. It's apparent. It's undeniable. It cannot be hidden. Amen? Everybody wants the delicious fruit at the time of harvest, but so few are willing to go and do what is necessary along the way. It's like every young couple, right? Every newlywed wants to have a life and a marriage of a, of a couple that's been married for 45 years or a couple that's been married for 60 years. How many of y'all been married for 30 years? 35 years, 40 years, okay, 35, hallelujah, George, right, champion, champion of marriages, I, we'll be celebrating 10 years this December, right, but here's the thing, for you newlyweds, or, or for you like five years and under, right, you cannot expect the fruit of a 70-year-old marriage in a one-year-old marriage, because you don't know the cultivation that had to go into that marriage. You don't know the things that had to be fought away and, and defended against for that plant, for that marriage to thrive. You don't know what went into and the time and the dedication and the commitment that went into the fruit of that marriage. Every kid wants to see their See, they have a thriving relationship. Every youth wants to have a thriving relationship. Every parent wants to have a thriving relationship with their kid. But the way I parent, the way I live and raise my kids is not going to be the same way that you do. Because my plants are different plants than your plants. That makes sense? My kids, my seeds, I can say that, are different than yours, Right? So the environment is different. But here's the key, to always reflect the love of the Father in everything. Amen? It takes time. It takes dedication. It takes commitment to cultivating an environment to thrive. And you can't expect the fruit without the labor. So I want to take a look at the reality of the harvest we're going to break this down, five different points. I promise I'm not going to be forever. I say that every Sunday. I better stop lying. <laughs> I want to break this down, five different points of the reality of the harvest. And the first one is this. There is a battle for the harvest. There is a battle for the harvest. And as I was studying yesterday, my point was simply was, was just, this is the harvest. And I was like, no, there's so much more into this. This is the, there's a battle for the harvest. There's a battle for the fruit in your life. And look with me at Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 23. It says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, 
joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. So when we walk in the power of the Spirit, when we walk hand in hand with the Father, our lives literally produce love, joy, patience, peace, gentleness. It is, it is produced out of our life as we walk with the Father. And these qualities are evident to those around us. And it even causes some people to say, I want some of that fruit. It causes people to say, what is different about you, Sylvia? I need to know. You're producing some kind of something and I need it. There's something different about you. And the key here is that we have to be walking with and in the Spirit. Because Paul tells us right before this, this is the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, to 23. But right before this, Paul tells us that human nature and the spirit nature have conflict with one another. There's a battle for the harvest. Look at, at Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. Paul points out that the fruit of the human nature, look, the fruit of the human nature is obvious. You can't mistake it. There's no way of looking around it. And he says there's no mistake. There's sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger or fits of rage, disputes, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. Literally, Paul is saying these are not the fruit of God. This is the fruit of human nature. This is not of God. But here is what is from God. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And the fruit is evidence of God's spirit living and working in us. So there's, the, there, there's, there's this... There's this dedication and commitment to producing healthy fruit. Because if you're not dedicated and committed to producing healthy fruit, you're going to end up producing wrong fruit. You have to be dedicated and committed to it. And so what Paul is telling us here in Galatians 5 is that, that there's a war going on. There's literally a conflict between the spirit and the flesh, between spirit nature and human nature. He says the flesh is what we prefer. The flesh is our desires, what we want. And you can look elsewhere where, where Paul tells about, well, look, we, look at all of these different things. And such were some of you. But by the grace of God, we've been changed and transformed. So, so he's saying that the, the flesh is what we prefer, and it's contrary to the spirit, which is what God prefers. Amen? And they're constantly in contact, in, in conflict with one another. So let me ask you this today. Who is winning in your life? There's a conflict for the harvest. There's a conflict to produce fruit in your life. Either the fruit of human nature or the fruit of the spirit. There's a conflict. Who is winning in your life? Is it the flesh or the spirit? Whoever wins produces the fruit. So who is winning in your life? There's a battle for the harvest in you. There's a battle for who gets to produce the fruit in you, the flesh or the spirit. And this is why the writer of Hebrews makes it so important that we lay aside the things that entangle us so that we can run the race. Or in other words, so that we can remain in the race. So that we can continue in the race. And if we're not careful, our preferences, remember week one, our preferences, our desires, our, the things that we want to do, all of these things will come in and kill, steal, and destroy the fruit of the Spirit in you. I said it a few weeks ago. The, if we build our life, if we build our church experience based on preferences, it will literally steal our joy. Because we're building our life on what we want, which is, will never satisfy us. The fruit of that tree will never satisfy us. 
But if we, if we choose to draw from the fruit of the Spirit, if we choose to draw from the presence of the Lord, I love what Jesus tells the Samaritan woman. It would be like living water inside of you it, from, from a well that just does not run dry. In other words, you can continue going to it. It will always satisfy you even when you're thirsty. It will never run dry. We can remain in the race. And that's why Paul says it's so important because there's this, there's this enmity, there's this conflict between flesh and spirit, between human nature and the spiritual nature that Paul says it's important to crucify the flesh. To die. Remember I said it last week. There's two things trying to kill you. One is the enemy, the, Satan. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And the other word is through the pruning of God to kill yourself, to kill your desires so that you can bring on his desires, so that you can grow and thrive. And so Paul is saying we have to crucify the flesh. Look at verse 24. He says, those who belong to Christ, those who are of Christ, those who remain in Christ Jesus, have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. Those who belong to Christ, those who are rooted and grounded in him, those who remain in him, those who have been grafted into his tree. Does that make sense? Grafted into the cross. Grafted into his family tree. We have to crucify the flesh. Listen, the ones who remain in him produce the fruit of him. The ones who remain in him produce the fruit of him. Of him, So produce the desires of him. We see that fruit, right, is desirable. How many of y'all, right, John, you saw that grapefruit, you're like, I want that grapefruit, right? How many of y'all saw this delicious red apple? Red, red delicious, delicious, red delicious? Sweet tango. What is that? I've never heard of sweet tango. Red delicious, anybody red delicious fans? Got a couple, right? You saw these fruit, and you're like, man, that, that, that pineapple, looks so good. Anybody else with me? Right? The fruit is desirable. We want it. We want to take part in it. We want to consume it. But here's the thing that's so different about the church. Here's the, so, the thing that's so different about the kingdom of God. We're not meant to consume. We're meant to produce. And so the Western Christianity, Western culture has gotten it all kind of messed up. And, and all out of whack. We, we've adopted this mindset where I just need to come to church and I just need to sit down in my pot, right? And I just need to receive. I just need to consume. But the Bible tells us we're so much more than that. We, we are called to produce fruit so that we can be salt and light of the world. We can be, uh, we can be desirable. We can be the, the light that says, that calls people to the kingdom. Where people are like, I want a part of that. That sounds amazing. I want to be a part of that. Our daughter just made our daughters just made a video for Eastern North Carolina, and Maya Abby was talking about being rooted in the ground. This is like back in this is a few months ago before we even talked about doing this. Abby was talking about being rooted in the ground, and when the storms come, we can stay firm and steadfast. We don't have to worry about being blown over because we're rooted and grounded in Him. And Maya said, That sounds amazing. I want to be a part of that. Right? If we could just have consistency in our life where we didn't have to bow to every storm, how amazing would that be? And if we could be a reflection of that to those around us in the midst of 2020, in the midst of the chaos of 2020, people could look to the church and say, wow, they're steadfast. Wow. They're not even bowing to any of this. They're remaining firm and grounded. I want to be a part of of that. We are meant to produce so that we are desirable for the people to come to the kingdom. Amen? And, and so this is what I want to point out. People see it. People see the fruit of the Spirit hanging from our life. They want it. They want to consume it. But we have to ask ourselves today, and I want you to, to really just kind of like self-reflect on this. What kind of fruit are people harvesting from my life? Are people harvesting joy and love and peace? When they encounter me, do they see patience, kindness, and gentleness? When they see me, do they see faithfulness and, and, and goodness and self-control? 
What kind of fruit are people harvesting from your life? What are people harvesting from your life? Because here's the key about fruit. It's meant to be harvested. It's not meant to just hang on a tree. It's meant to be harvested. Amen. And people are, are, are people harvesting joy and love and peace from you? Are, are, are they harvesting goodness and kindness? Let me make this more personal. When you go home, are your kids harvesting love, joy, and peace from you? Is your spouse, is your wife or your husband harvesting faithfulness, goodness, self-control? Are the people that you work with experiencing, are they harvesting gentleness and patience? In other words, let me put it this way. Number two, we reap what we sow. We reap what we sow. Further on in Galatians, we hit another key passage uh, that talks about the harvest. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 8 to 10, it says, Whoever sows to please the flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. I think far too many people are, are throwing in the towel at the pruning stage and you're missing out on the fruit. Or you're throwing in the towel at, at the planting phase and you're missing out on the growth and the fruit. It says, do not be weary in doing good because in due time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to some people. All people, every single one, let us do good to all people, even the ones who don't deserve our goodness. Because let me just say it, we didn't deserve God's goodness. We just sang that song, The Goodness of God. We just sang that song, He's a Good, Good Father. We don't deserve it. But in Romans, Paul tells us that he, in the midst of our sin, while we were still sinners, while we were still not worthy of his love and his goodness and his joy and his peace and all of these different fruits, while we were still not worthy, he sent his son to die on a tree so that we could be the fruit of his tree. Amen. Even the people who don't deserve your goodness, it says do good to all people especially those who belong to the family of believers. To say it plainly, if a farmer or gardener plants apple trees, they're going to receive apples, right? If they plant a strawberry plant, they receive strawberries. We cannot sow into evil. We cannot sow into sin and expect to receive the things of God. You reap what you sow. If you want joy in your life, you better sow some joy into people's life. If you want patience in your life, you want people to be patient with you, you have to reap or you have to sow patience into other people's lives. Amen? If you want people to exercise self-control toward you, you need to exercise self-control. You reap what you sow. And I said this over the series too, you have to be willing to eat the fruit of the seed that you sow. Are you willing to eat of that fruit? You reap what you sow. You cannot sow into evil and into sin and expect the things of the Spirit. If we want to receive the things of God, we have to sow into the please, into pleasing the Spirit. Amen. We should willingly and ready sow love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all of the fruits of the Spirit. And it's not easy. Can I get an amen? It is not easy. But we cannot get tired and weary of doing good because it has an impact on the world around us. Listen, weariness sets in when we try to do things by our own power. We get impatient, we get tired, we want to give up because we're trying to do it on our own will. We're trying to do it on our own ability. But this is what I want to point out right here. What Paul is telling the church in Galatia is that it's something that you cannot do by your own works. This is something that requires the miraculous work of Christ and the Spirit within you. 
In other words, it's not about doing, like I just alluded to earlier. It's about being. We talked about this Friday night with the youth. Somebody asked the question, what, I'm just tired. I'm like, I'm trying to do the right thing. How about you just try to be a child of God? How about you just try to be in the presence of God? I, I love this in, in, in the book of Exodus when, when God is speaking to Moses through the burning bush. Y'all remember? And, and, and Moses is like, well, who am I to say, who, who am I to tell the people that you are? And what does God say? He says, tell them I am that I am. You notice he didn't say, I do what I do. No, he said, I am what I am. It, it, we talk, what's the word again? To conjugate the verb, right? Y'all know what that means? To conjugate. Who speaks Spanish? Speak Spanish? Anybody speak Spanish? I'm not going to put you on the spot. I just want to know if you speak Spanish, right? So to conjugate the verb, like, what, what's, the, what's the verb for to be? Ser, right? Yes. So, but I don't say ser for I ser, you ser, right? He ser, right? No, it's yo soy, tu eres, ellos son, right? It's all the same verb, but it conjugates differently, right? So God is saying, I am that I am, I, I, to be. And what Jesus points out in John chapter 15, he says, look, those who remain in me, those who be with me, then he takes care of everything else. Don't worry about the doing, worrying about the being. And, and, and even the Bible tells us that in him we live and move and have our being. Don't worry about doing things, just worry about being who God has called you to be. Let him work everything else. Look, let, let me say it this way. Where's it at? Where's it at? Where's it at? John 15, 5, it says, If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Don't worry about the doing. Don't worry about trying to do right. You're not going to get heaven on your own ability. You're not going to get there by doing the right things. You're going to get there by being a child of God, by being grafted into the family, by remaining in him. Remain in me, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Don't worry about the doing, worry about the being. The doing is a result of the being. When God changes your life, when God gets a hold of you and you, and you are so dedicated and in his presence, everything that you do is a reflection of him. Apart from him, you can do nothing. Be a branch and let the spirit produce the fruit. Amen. Just like apple trees produce apples and, and orange trees produce oranges, they produce out of the molecular structure of what they were intended to be, what they were created to be. God didn't create an orange seed and make it produce apple fruit. Just like he didn't create you to produce the fruit of human nature. He created you to produce the fruit of the spirit, to be his child. Amen. So Paul is saying who we are comes out in what we produce. People see who we are by what we do. So worry about the R. Worry about the B. Who we be matters more than who, what we do. Amen. To be, not to do. That is the question. Because we are identified by our fruit. Amen. If you want to reap healthy fruit, you need to sow into healthy fruit. And the best way to do that is to stay connected to Christ and to walk in the power of the Spirit. Number three, we harvest fresh fruit. We don't harvest rotten fruit. We don't harvest unripe fruit, right? We harvest fresh fruit. Because if you get fruit too early, it's... Right? I love bananas, but they can't be green. I can't do green, but anybody can do green bananas? You can? Ooh. Like, they got to be yellow, almost brown. Like, just one or two brown spots. Anybody with me? <laughs> Amen. Right? I forgot my bananas at home. 
Look at me. Y'all looking at a pastor like he lost his bananas. <laughs> Look, it isn't hard to distinguish between fresh fruit and rotten fruit. Matthew 7, 16 to 18, Jesus says, by their fruit, you will know them. You will recognize them. And he says, do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or from thorn thistles or, or do they pick figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit and a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit and a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. He says you will know them by the fruit. The point here being that people around you will recognize and respond to the fruit of your life. Fresh fruit is delicious and it's inviting, right? While rotten fruit stinks and attracts all kind of bugs, right? Fruit flies and they're just getting, they're just so annoying. In the summer, it's pretty bad in North Carolina. They're so bad. Like, where did you even come from? Somebody left the door open. They came from Georgia. Everything comes from Georgia. That's why the devil went down to Georgia. <laughs> Dad. <laughs> rotten fruit stinks and no one wants to have it. Rotten fruit isn't hard to recognize. And this is where my bananas come in because we got some bananas sitting on the counter at home and they're just like too brown. Anybody like brown, brown bananas? Anybody save them for banana bread? Yeah, so when we get home, because I, I, I told Adrian, don't put them in the freezer yet because I want to take them to the church. Use the, like I was going to have a table over here with rotten bananas so you can see the difference, like which one looks appetizing and appealing. A appealing. Lord have mercy. Womp womp. Y'all, I'm on a roll today. Everybody's missing out. <laughs> right? But we can see the difference. And, and the same is true about the fruit in the life of a believer, people can know, people will know what kind of fruit that you produce. People will know, mm, he says he's a Christian, but by the fruit, like the fruit test determined that is a lie. What if we had a spiritual Mori Povich everywhere in our life? He says he's a Christian, but the fruit test determined that was a lie. Right? And that's the point of the whole church. That's the whole point of community in the church. You know, for, for people to test the fruit, we hit this last week. But like, hey, David, you're professing a lot of Christian stuff, but the way you're living your life right now, people aren't going to mistake who you really are. And so we have to understand that when we produce fruit in our life, it's not just for show. It's for a witness for people to see God working in our life. It's not just to bear fruit so that we can consume it. It's to bear fruit so that people are attracted to it, to bring them in to the family. Amen? And the thing about fresh fruit, I love this. The thing about fresh fruit is that it has been freshly plucked from the tree. The thing about rotten fruit is it's been away from the tree for a while. It's been away from the plant for a long while. If you want people to see fresh fruit in your life, you need to be freshly plucked from the tree every day. That's why Sunday mornings ain't going to cut it. Because if I get, a, and maybe it's just food line, I don't know. If I get a yellow banana today, by Saturday, it's going to be brown. Why does it happen so fast? I could get a whole bundle of bananas, and by Friday, they're brown. That's why we got to eat them fast. Right? Fresh fruit has been freshly plucked from the tree. And you'll know who has fresh fruit or who has dying and rotten fruit. We need to be plucked from his presence day in and day out. And it's so important that a believer remains connected to the vine and remains healthy. I love what this verse says. Grapes are not found among thorn bushes. The fruit of the spirit is not found amongst the roots of the flesh. That makes sense? Y'all hear me today? The fruit of the Spirit, the things of the Spirit are not going to be found in the ways of the flesh. That's what Jesus is saying here in this verse. Patience, 
kindness, goodness are not going to be found in money and material things. Love, joy, peace are not going to be found in material things. Nor are they going to be found in political parties or political agendas. Nor are they going to be found in vacation destinations. I love me some Disney World. And I'm only going to have partial joy and happiness for the time that I'm there. I'm not going to have eternal joy. That's only found in the presence of God. Amen? You cannot find the fruits of the Spirit amongst the roots of the flesh. Faithfulness, gentleness, and, and self-control are not found there either. And Jesus is saying, if you want to produce good fruits, you have to have good roots. You have to be in the presence of God. Because people see it. People know it. Amen? Number four, work in his power. The reality of the harvest is that it is a work in his power. It's not by my own ability. It's not by what I can do. It is in his power and ability alone. Salvation is a process that begins with a profession of faith, but it doesn't end there. Salvation doesn't end with, I give you my life, Jesus, amen. That is just the beginning. That's the seed being planted in the soil. Now it's time to grow. Now it's time to produce. And the good news is that the work that is to be done is not to be accomplished in our own power. Listen to this. The power we are given by God is the fuel that we need to act and live out the purpose of God. Listen, God plants the seed and by his power and our acceptance, we grow. Amen? His power my acceptance of the seed. And he grows it by his power and my cooperation. We talked about that with the cultivation. I'm responsible for cultivating. He is responsible for growing, right? And the producing, the harvest, is by his power and my partnership. I partner with him in the process. It's all on his power, though, not my own Ability. It's by his power that we produce the fruit of the Spirit. All of it. Every single one. Did you know that an apple has six components? I just learned this. Because, again, I'm not a botanist, gardener, whatever you want to call them. An apple has six components, right? There's the stem, which this one doesn't have a stem. There's the stem, right? Y'all see the stem. That's one. The skin is two. The flesh inside what you eat is three. The core is four, right? The seed is five, and I'm missing one. I should check my notes. The what? No. Let me, let me look. I thought I had it. I went away from it, right? The stem, the leaf, there's a leaf, right? Yeah, ah, the leaf, kindergarten one-on-one, you always draw the leaf on the apple. <laughs> kindergarten was such a long time ago, right? There's six different components that all make up this apple. Did you know that there's six components that make up the seed? Look it up. I'm not, again, I'm not a gardener, botanist. I have Harnett County education, and these are like big words to try to pronounce. But even the seed has six different components to it in and of itself. There's all of these different things in one fruit. Can we agree on that? There's one, all of these different components in one fruit. There are unique components. The stem is separate from the leaf, which is separate from the skin. They're all unique in their own way, but they all make up one unified existence. They are all one. It's an apple. Y'all with me? By the power of the Spirit of God, we live as one. We are all gifted in different ways by the Spirit. The Spirit has gifted us in different ways. But we all operate as one, the body of Christ, the church. Amen? We all come together as one. and We all live in a unified existence, all producing the fruit of of the Spirit. Now, now the Bible here tells us that there's nine unique elements that make up one fruit. Love, joy, peace, goodness, patience, kindness. All of these, it says, are the fruit of the Spirit. 
Did y'all catch that? All of these, all of these components are the fruit of the Spirit. In other words, it's not an option whether you display one over the other. It's not an option whether you display love and not joy. This is the fruit of the Spirit. He didn't say it's a buffet of the Spirit where you can choose that one day you want to have joy and the next day you want to exercise patience. This is all one fruit. We, we are to display all of the components in one. That makes sense. This is not a buffet. It is the fruit of the Spirit. This isn't Burger King. You can't have it your way. This is the fruit of the Spirit. Dad. And it's the power of the Spirit that enables us to live by the fruit. And we, look at, we can look at it this way. The fruit of the Spirit has three different groupings. Number one, those who think with the mind of Christ. Love, joy, and peace. These are the ones that, who have been redeemed and transformed by the gospel of grace. The second grouping is those who serve with the hands of Christ. Patience, kindness, goodness. This is all of the doing, the hands of Christ. And it's evident by those who display those characteristics. And, and those are the, the last grouping is those who live with the heart of Christ. Faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Because our heart beats to a different rhythm. Our heart beats in sync with the purpose by which God has created us. And each of those components come together and creates the fruit that only comes through the work of the Spirit in us and through us. Each one operates and works together. I cannot have love without joy. I cannot have patience without peace. Amen. Hallelujah. I cannot have faithfulness without self-control. I need all of these operating and working together in my life. And we being the fruit of his tree, that being the cross, need to come together and put aside the fruits of human nature and produce the fruit of the Spirit together. Amen. As a family. I love how Paul points out one of the fruits of the Spirit or fruits of the human nature is dissension or factions. Division. Can we say amen to division in 2020? Goodness. Do you know where division comes from? Division meaning, means having two different visions. Do you know why the church can be so divided sometimes? It's because each and every one of us has our own preferences on how we want church to be done. Each and every one of us. But when's the last time we stopped and just asked God, what is your vision for the church? And submitted to his vision for the church. And so Paul is saying division, factions, dissension, that's a fruit of human nature. That's a fruit of preferences and passions and desires. Put that all aside. Be united and unified together to get away from preferences and be a family. Be a family. Be united. Amen. We have to work together, and we only do that in his power. Because here's this command that God gives us. He said, be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. Look, there's two different, y'all know math. Anybody, John, you're a math lover, right? You love math. Which one is better, addition or multiplication? Multiplication, right? God didn't just say, okay, go out and be fruitful. He said, be fruitful and multiply. Fruitful is an addition. It's an increase, right? Multiplication is an expansion. It's, it's a blessing beyond measure. It's going out way above and beyond. And it's a continuous expansion. There's one thing to live in increase, but to live in multiplication is to live in abundance. That's why Jesus says, I'm going to prune you. My father will prune you and then you will bear much fruit. It's, it's cool to be fruitful, but I want you to be abundant in your fruitfulness. And, and this is what I want to point out here, because if you know anything about what Jesus talked about with the harvest, you knew I was going here with this last point. 
if we're going to harvest, if we're going to reach the harvest of people, we have to be unified. We have to be submitted to the vision that God has for the church to go and make disciples, to be fruitful, to increase and multiply, make disciples, to go and make disciples. Number five is the harvest is all around you. The harvest is all around you. The opportunities for good and evil are also all around us. And in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 9, uh, Jesus describes the dilemma this way. It says Jesus went, or the Bible says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, he said this, he said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. He said, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. When we become believers, we become the fruit of his tree. But here's the thing. Fruit is meant to hold seed. And seed is meant to multiply. And we are meant to scatter that seed and to bring in all that we can. We are the laborers. Pray that the Lord will send the workers, to send the laborers into the harvest field. But if you've never produced fruit, you're going to have a hard time going and harvesting the fruit. You cannot multiply without the increase. You cannot multiply without the fruitfulness. Be fruitful and multiply. We are the fruit of his tree, the cross. We are the fruit of that. You become a believer, you become grafted into the tree. You're the fruit of his tree. You have the seed of the gospel inside of you. Go out and sow the seed. Let God bring the increase. And then go out and bring them in. Bring the harvest in. What are you supposed to do with fruit after you harvest it? Do we just leave it outside and hope for the best you bring it into the storehouse you store it you bring it in we all enjoy it together right would you stand with me as we close today before you can harvest you have to spread the seed listen a plant never pursues being a seedling again a healthy plant produces fruit a healthy plant a healthy plant spreads seeds to be planted around them, to multiply, to go and make disciples and reap the harvest. So I'm going to ask, where are the harvesters? Where are his laborers? I'll say it again. Everyone wants the delicious fruit from the harvest. But so many or so few lack the time and dedication and commitment to be a laborer. We do our part, God will do His. He is faithful. And because He is faithful, I must be faithful. I said this a couple couple weeks ago. Be faithful until you're fruitful. Be faithful until you're fruitful. God will do His part. We need to be responsible and, and, and faithful in doing our part. We have a role to play in all of this and that's that's what's so cool about the kingdom of God you have a role to play you have a part to play you are invited to be a part of his story you are invited to be a part of the harvest to be workers and laborers and along the way we have unwavering trust that it's all possible through Christ and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit look throughout this series we've talked about some of the weighty realities of following Christ where we've been planted or, or potted or maybe we're growing or we're in the season of pruning. And I, I'm going to ask, where do you see yourself? Are you planted? Are you still stuck in a pot? Are you in the season of growth? But 
you need to experience the season of pruning. Maybe you're in the middle of pruning right now. Maybe you're in the season of fruitfulness and, and God is blessing you and you're seeing the fruits of your labor. Listen, I want to encourage you, don't hoard it all. Don't be a spiritual hoarder. Share. Share the good news. Go. Tell. Make. Disciples. Amen. So what season are you in? Where have you seen yourself in being described throughout this series? All of these seasons, listen, all of these seasons have a place in the life of a believer. You're going to go through one of these seasons at one point or another. If you're truly growing, if you're truly planted, you're truly seeking the presence of God, you're going to go through one of these seasons. You're always going to be in one of these seasons at one point or another. Are you ready to keep on keeping on? Are you ready to be faithful no matter what? Are you ready to be planted and rooted no matter what? Even if the pruning gets hard. Even if it doesn't seem like you're growing as fast as others. Are you willing to add fruit and value to your relationships? To produce good fruit? Are you ready to step into the fields of the harvest beyond these walls and commit to discipleship and evangelism? What if the church just got off its chair? What if the church got out of its pot and got planted in the community? What if the church got out of its pot and got planted in the nation? Got planted among the nations. Amen. Get out of pot. Wherever you find yourself today, know that God sees you. He knows this journey that you're on. He knows the trials that you faced along the way. But by his grace, you can have an abundant life. John 10.10 10 says that the enemy, the devil, comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus says, I come that you may have life abundantly to live in multiplication. Amen. Father, we love you. We thank you that you have called us to grow, that you have called us to be fruitful. But even more than that, you have called us to live life abundantly, to live life constantly in increase. We thank you, God, that you are the Lord of the harvest. And it's not something that we can do on our own accord, by our own ability, but we completely must rely on you to bring the increase work of your Holy Spirit to produce fruit in our life. And Father, I pray if, if there's anybody here today, God, that they need to evaluate their life and evaluate the fruit that they're producing. I pray, God, that you would, Holy Spirit, come in and convict us and show us the fruit that we're producing, whether it's of the Spirit or whether it's of the flesh, human nature. Reveal those things to us. And Father, help us to prune away the things of the flesh so that we can bear the fruits of the Spirit to be a true reflection of your love, a reflection of the Father who cares and loves for his children, to show love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Not just one of those, but all of those, God every area of our life. So we're going to close with this time of worship and I just want to ask if, if you need to make a commitment in your life, if you need to, to step out and say, God, I'm done producing the fruits uh, of the human nature. I'm done producing the wrong fruit. I'm done producing rotten fruit. I'm, I need to produce the fresh fruit of the Spirit. You want to make that commitment today? I want to ask you to come forward dedicate and commit your life to being in the presence of God. To stop focusing on doing things and start worrying and focusing on being who God has called you and identified you to be. Because if we focus on, on our God-given identity and creative, uh, uh, created by purpose and identity, then we produce what God has called us to produce. Not what man has called us to produce. 
song, The Goodness of God. And I just want to open the altar. I want to open up this prayer area up here. Come pray, come and commit to producing good fruit in your life, to, to being fruitful and multiplying. Amen. The altars are open. Hey, thanks again for tuning in to this week's message from Reclamation Church. We pray it was a blessing to you. We want to encourage you to take this message everywhere everywhere with you and pour into those around you. And if you would love to be a blessing to the Reclamation Church ministry, you can easily give at our website at reclamationchurch.faith. Scroll down to the bottom and click on online giving. Or you can even text to give any dollar amount to 84321 and set up a giving account with Reclamation Church. Again, we pray that this was a blessing. Be a blessing to those around you this week. And may God bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you. Be gracious to you with the light of his countenance and, be, uh, and give you peace this week. Amen. Be blessed.